Welcome to Scanner School. This podcast is here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Today, we're talking about a question that kind of plagues us all from time to time. Is it time to upgrade our scanners? All the session notes from today's podcast we found online on our website at scannerschool.com slash session 209, 209. You can also find notes in our YouTube description and in our podcast description as well. So again, my name is Philip Denberger and my amateur call sign is W2LAE. And I've got another question for you. Have you checked out our brand new community platform? It's over on Discord and you can get an invitation by going to scannerschool.com slash Discord. And if you wanted to learn more about the scanner radio hobby, enrollment is now open. I should say registration is now open for Ham Radio University 2022. I'll be giving a scanner radio forum. I believe that runs at 10 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. I got to double check it. But the first Saturday of the new year, which is January 8th, will be the date of Ham Radio University. And you can sign up and register to take any forum that's available by going to hamradiouniversity.org. Again, the date of Ham Radio University is January 8th, 2022. Okay, so let's talk about the Timeless question here. Is it time for me to upgrade my scanner? But let's do this in kind of a different perspective. So we're not going to just say the police have moved to a new system. No, no, no. We're going to look at things a little bit different here. So, in fact, let's not even just look at it from one perspective. Let's go ahead and change things around and look at them from different perspectives. And by looking at things from a different angle or multiple different angles, Maybe this will help you think about whether or not it is time for you to consider upgrading a scanner from just a little bit outside the box here. So the first thing we're going to look at is needs versus wants. Do you just want a new scanner because it's time to upgrade because you just like the new bells and whistles on a particular model? Well, I just went through that myself. I actually just purchased an ICOM ICR30. Now, I didn't really need a $650 handheld receiver. In fact, there was no need for me to get one of those. (laughs) I mean, it was one of those purchases that I wanted to make. But it's an overkill, really, for what I would actually ever use it for because I've got other receivers or scanners that will do DMR and P25 trunking. I mean, this radio doesn't even do trunking. It will receive DMR. It will receive D-Star, which is an amateur radio digital mode. But it's not really a scanner. There's no trunking capabilities at all whatsoever inside this radio. But you know what? I scared myself into buying it. See, this, is about, this radio has been on my wish list for a very long time. It also is on... And this wish list goes back to the early 90s, I think, when I saw an ICOM ICR1, and I really liked that radio. And to be honest with you, I actually just bought a pair of them this past year. So it took nearly 30 years, I guess, for me to get an ICOM ICR1. I already had an ICOM ICR10. I hunted and searched for an ICOM ICR100. I wasn't about to let this radio slip through my fingers. 
I mean, as time has gone on, I've, I've, I've gone through, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in a podcast episode, but I've been able to grow my icon receiver inventory or collection, I guess you can say. So like I said, I've got the IC1, the IC100, the IC10, the IC20, an IC5, an IC6, now the IC30 or the R30, should be R's in front of all those. And also the PCR, I think I sold my PCR 100, but I have a 1000 and a 1500. I like those radios. They're really, they really are nice receivers. But I don't need all of those. I don't need them. They're I want. I want to have them. I just like having them in my collection here. And like I said, I scared myself into buying the ICOM ICR30 because I thought I heard a rumor somewhere that ICOM was discontinuing the model. So, of course, I jump on ICOM's website. Nah, it's still there. It's still listed as current equipment. So it must still be good to buy, right? And then Black Friday starts rolling around, peeking its head. So I'm thinking, all right, we'll get some deals and, and I'll buy one now when they go on sale. And that Monday prior, right, as I'm making my wish list, what happens? I can't find one. Can't find one. All of a sudden, it's been discontinued, no longer available. And then I look a little bit closer and realize, oh, I'm looking at the government models. These are the versions that have the cell phone area unblocked as opposed to being blocked here in the United States, which again, doesn't make much sense to me because anything in the cell phone band is digital anyway at this point. Might as well just unblock it. But I, going back to the topic on hand here, I scared myself into buying this radio. So when I realized that I was looking at the government versions, which were, you couldn't buy, and then I found the consumer version, I waited, not very patiently, for Black Friday. And then when I realized that these weren't going to go on sale, I pulled the trigger on one. So I've had it now for, by the time you listen to this podcast episode, for about a month. And hopefully I've taken it out of the box by now, but we will see what happens. But again, this is a need versus a want, right? I, I wanted this radio. I've wanted it for quite some time. I've wanted it for a better part of a year. I've actually wanted it for longer than a year. And it's that sitting and wait, waiting for it and not having this impulse purchase, right, of, oh, I really like that radio. It looks really cool. I'm going to go ahead and buy it. It wasn't one of those. This is one of those, let it marinate for a while. Let's see if I still want this radio. And that's exactly what happened. A year goes by. I was still interested in it. And I still needed to have it, even though I really didn't need it. I wanted it. So I made the choice to buy it. Just like I made the same choice way back many years ago when Uniden had the BR330T on the market. So we've got to be going back 2000s, maybe a little bit later than or around 2005, I'm going to say. And uh, it was one of these radios, again, it was on my list. Did I need it? Did I want it? Was it something I could use? Yes, definitely something I could use. But I had other radios in my collection or that I was actively using that this would have been just another radio to do the exact same thing. And I told myself, hey, you know, this is one of those radios that if you didn't ever decide to going to discontinue, I'm going to go ahead and buy it because I'm not going to let this radio just slip past me. But I don't need it right now. Well, wouldn't you know? Eventually, like all radios and all things out there, they were discontinued. And that's when I made the purchase. I found out, and that day I started looking for them. And uh, 
this was one of my favorite radios once I got that radio. This was my workhorse for when I came to a portable radio. This was the radio I grabbed. This was really the only radio I took around with me when I was taking a radio. And it served its purpose and it served it well. And unfortunately, Uniden has not made a radio in my mind that has all of the same bells and whistles that the BR330T actually had in it. This was the only Uniden handheld scanner that I've owned that covers AM broadcast and down into the shortwave band. It won't get you upper and lower sideband like some of the ICOM receivers that I own have, but this was something different from Uniden. Why do we have $650 SDS radios and we still can't receive down that low? But this radio did it, and this was really cool. And if it wasn't for the fact that the the sites, when you program in trunk systems, you can't do multiple sites is really the Achilles heel on this scanner at this point in time, which is why now it has been sent to the Tupperware <laughs> or the, the storage bin in the closet for now because you can't add multiple sites to a trunk system. It doesn't really affect me really because all this, all the this systems here, I can listen to one site, but still it's the limitation now that that radio has other than that great, great radio. And, uh, Really wish they made more radios like that. But again, this is what I'm saying. It's a need versus a want, right? I, I wanted this radio. I was looking for the radio. And it became an, an opportunity. This, this radio was now going to be off the shelves. Now I had to have it. And after some time, I think it was Scanner Master. I actually got their hands on a bunch of refurbished models. And I bought a second one for my uncle. And he loved it as well. This became his go-to radio. So... There's a couple of different ways to look at it. Is it time to upgrade your scanner? Well, there may be some things outside of our controls that will actually persuade us into that decision. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you can pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early, and also you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way, most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now, find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill K, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, 
Dave Pascoe, David C., Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Floyd Goff, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Jacob Jacobson, Jacques Perry, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruta, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, John Kordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lynn Smith, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Cummins, Raymond Hill, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Weatherford, Tim Mazza, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. So another thing we want to look at here when it comes to whether or not it's time to upgrade our scanner is... We have to understand that sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you a little story about me learning and discovering and being introduced to trunk radio systems for the very first time. See, I was looking for a brand new scanner because I was getting back into the hobby. I knew that this was an investment for me to kind of better my scanner radio hobby. Up until this point, I've only had conventional radios. I had a couple of ham, ham radios, so I knew how PL code and DPL code worked, but I didn't have any scanner radios that did that. I didn't have any scanner radios that did alpha tags. I didn't have any scanner radios that did trunking, right? We're talking, this was a leap. This was going to be something that would catapult me into something that I could never do before. And I was looking and... Notice that Unidin was about to release the BC-785D. So I had a decision to make. Would I buy a BC-780XLT now? Or would I wait for the BC-785D to release? This is a decision that even to this day, I'm not sure I even made the right one, to be honest with you. <laughs> so I ended up buying a couple of BC 780 XLTs, but it took me 20 something years to actually, I wouldn't say 20 years. It took me approximately 20 years to actually get a BC 780 XLT. But I did end up with the BCD or the BC 785D, my first scanner radio that was computer programmable. So that was a game changer. It allowed for alpha tags, bank tag names, but most importantly, it did Motorola Type 1, Type 2, EDAX, and LTR trunking. It was my first trunk tracking radio that I've ever owned. Not really thinking it was a big deal at the time. I mean, I knew that there were trunk radio systems out there. I didn't really understand how they worked. Yes, there was a time I didn't know something about the scanner radio hobby. And not to say I know everything about it either. There's still plenty left to learn. But... What I'm getting at here is you don't know what you don't know, right? I didn't know what I was missing in the trunking world until I got a radio that allowed me to listen to what was going on on these trunk trunking platforms. And all of a sudden, my jaw dropped, basically. It was like, holy cow, I can listen to this? I mean, some of it was routine, like the sewer, you know, the county sewer system or the, the county transportation, the bus system which, by the way, both were sold to private entities after the county needed more money. But we were able to listen to water districts, and the fire marshals were on there, and the county jail and the sheriff's office. I'm thinking, holy cow. I mean, I was content listening to the county police on the conventional system and listening to the fire departments on conventional. I didn't know all this other stuff was going on. Like, 
I can listen to what's happening at the medical center or the jail or even doing warrants and, and you know stuff like that in the morning. This is amazing. I discovered a whole new world of, of scanner monitoring or scanning listening just by upgrading one radio. And this was really the catalyst that exploded my interest really into the hobby. Look, I would have been just as happy with the 780 XLT at the time because there wasn't any digital here really to listen to. And I didn't get the BC25i card until many years later. So it was kind of a moot point to have that. But just having that radio, I mean, again, the 785 had double the amount of memory channels. So, but nothing beats the 780 XLT screen. I mean, that is still a piece of, uh, that's still a gorgeous little screen right there. But what I'm saying is I upgraded my radio, not even realizing what I would be exposing myself to. Like, holy cow, there's a whole new world here that I can listen to. And now because I had now a BC785D and I was listening to the trunking world, I then picked up a Radio Shack Pro 95. Yes, one of those radios. And I needed that radio because now I needed something I could take with me to monitor trunk systems. It really became eye-opening for me. And it was something else in the hobby that I could explore. So is that an opportunity for you guys to say, hey, is it time for me to upgrade my scanner? All right. Well, let's look at some obvious stuff here too, right? Enough storytelling. Is it time for you to upgrade your scanner because something has changed in your area? That's that's an obvious one, right? And that becomes a want versus a need. No, the, the local PD went from conventional to trunking. I Now I need a new scanner to listen to them. Hey, I'll grant you that one, <laughs> right? Hey, my trunk system is simulcast and my old radios don't do well at all on simulcast. I can't hear anything. I need to upgrade now to a SDS 100, SDS 200. Yes, you're right. You do need to upgrade into an SDS 100, SDS 200 if you can't mitigate some of the simulcast issues that are plaguing you. There's things that are outside of our control that are dictating whether or not we need to upgrade our scanners. So it used to be when the rebanding phase happened, when all these Motorola systems moved down, say, 15 megahertz, a lot of people needed new scanners. Case in point, my BC75D was no longer going to trunk track on my neighboring county's Motorola system. My Pro95, same story. Luckily, I had other scanners at that point that allowed me to upgrade the firmware in there. But again, if I needed to listen to those PDs in, in that county, I needed a new scanner to follow along on those transmissions now. I was no longer able to monitor. But let's flip it around again. Not everybody needs a trunking scanner. Everybody can get away with using an analog-only conventional radio. Believe it or not, you can. Why is this? Well, because pretty much everywhere in the world has aviation, right? Airplanes fly overhead everywhere, basically. Maybe for a few small areas, but think about it. Any radio that does AM or any scanner radio, basically, that covers the aviation band will fall back into AM modulation. Boy, that was a really bad way of saying that. Amplitude modulation, modulation. (laughs) Will fall back into AM receive mode. So you can monitor aviation. 
marine traffic, rails, amateur radio, GMRS, FRS, CB. These are all modes basically all over the world that any scanner radio can pick up. Any radio that you have should work. But what about when things, even in conventional, go haywire? Let's talk about not even rebanding, but let's talk about narrow banding and ultra narrow banding. These issues just changes in the way that government is changing our spectrum usage can dictate whether or not you need a new scanner radio. I've actually pulled out old radios that my dad gave me, and I'm like, all right, this is an old enough radio. I think it was a, a BC245 or something like that, an old desktop radio. Well, not, not the handheld one, but the old desktop radio. And I'm like, all right, let me put my county, I'll put my local, my local fire department in there. And it only ran up on, I think that was even the model number of the scanner, but it did, it only did 25 kilohertz spacing on UHF, right? We're using 12.5 and 6.25 kilohertz right now. So that radio quickly became, all right, well, if I program it in, it's got to be off frequency a little bit, but it should work slightly. There'll be a little bit of static and snap, crackle, and pop, but I can still monitor it. But then I go ahead and try and pop in another fire department in there, which was on T-band. Well, guess what, folks? That radio did not even do T-band. It stopped at 470. So that radio was like, all right, well, I guess I won't be using this one to monitor anything in the garage. Well, not what I want to use it for, at least. So that would have been a reason to upgrade that scanner. But think about it, though. If you tried using that old scanner to listen to FDNY or another department out there that's using 6.25 kilohertz channel spacing with that really narrow filtering that's needed for that, you're going to have a really bad day at the office. So stuff like that will trigger that need to upgrade as well. But think about it again. Many of us have digital scanners that do P25, and we never even pay to have the upgrade done for DMR and XDN. Even if we spend the $65 just to get DMR, depending on what's in your neck of the woods, right? In my neck of the woods, we have a lot of DMR and a lot of NXDN. This falls into the you don't know what you don't know category again. All of a sudden now, for a minor upgrade, and again, where's my, is it time to upgrade your scanner? This little window here doesn't mean buying a new scanner for an upgrade, right? This is general upgrades here. Is it time to upgrade your scanner? Unlocking or purchasing the key will be an upgrade to your scanner that will allow you now to monitor systems that you were not able to pick up before. You don't know what you don't know, right? All of a sudden now, if you start listening to some of these DMR systems, you may find out, holy cow, this is interesting stuff here. Yeah, so it might be routine oil company deliveries, but you may find out that you enjoy listening to the school buses in the morning. As odd as it sounds, I get a kick out of that because some of these people who are out there driving the buses, and no offense to anybody who does drive a bus, I mean, holy cow, I remember being a kid and being a student, and some of these bus drivers don't have it easy when it comes to some of these kids that are on board. But think about it. There is a, there's a lot of communication that happens with some of these bus drivers, especially when they, you know, it's the smaller buses that do the, uh, the specialized pickups, right? To put it politically correct here. They're in constant contact with dispatcher. Yes, we got Billy. Yes, we got Jane. Charlie is not going to make the bus today. 
we had an accident. We're going to break. We've broken down. This road's impassable. You find a lot of activity on some of these bus talk groups. And by me, they're on NXDN and DMR on, on two bigger trunk systems, not owned by the school bus company, but they're leased talk groups. And of course, you've got some tow truck companies. And again, if the police department you listen to is encrypted, well, guess who's going to go and get that T-boned car out of an intersection? A tow truck. And they're going to get dispatched. And that's how you're going to find out that there's an accident. And that's why traffic is heavy. So you don't know what you don't know. If you have the opportunity and you have systems in your area, upgrading to DMR can really be an experience for you if that's the case. Here's another example as to where you may want to upgrade your scanner. What if we use my early example of a 75D and I had to go out and buy a Pro 95? Well, that was because I needed to get a handheld version of a desktop radio because now I needed to take a radio with me that could listen to trunk radio systems. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? And another thing that might be worth an upgrade here is size. Size can matter. Some radio manufacturers market the size of their radio as something that will appeal to you if you need to carry a radio with you. ICOM does this with their ICR2s, the R5s, the and the R6s, and even AOR does it, or did it with their AOR AR Mini, which, by the way, I just picked one up myself. These were considered pocket radios, something you can put in your shirt pocket. Assuming they mean if you were wearing a button-down dress shirt, and instead of putting a thousand pencils and pens and your glasses in your breast pocket, you could put a radio in there. And sometimes having a really tiny radio like that can really be beneficial. I know I picked up an ICOM, I, what is this over here? A VX3R because I wanted one of those little micro HTs just because I wanted one when they were new. And again, it slipped past my fingers and I didn't buy one when I could have. So these are all examples here as to thinking about, is it time to upgrade your scanner? So listen, on the other side of this break, we'll continue our discussion. Anybody who's a Patreon supporter at $3 or more will not hear this break. If you want to become a Patreon supporter, go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. We'll be right back. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process and this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out scannerschool.com support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, scannerschool.com support. Are you looking to learn more about the scanner radio hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at 
courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of Scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection. And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on beside your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swiss Home and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell Pogsack and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss Home, and Unication dealer serving the North American market, and of course is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For all full inventory or request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. All right, let's revisit here what we've been really harping on the whole time, the need versus the want. This is a hobby. So don't let the mindset that I only need one radio hold you back to really getting yourself out there and learning more about the hobby. Maybe one radio is perfect for you. And maybe you fall into this category. And it's not to completely backtrack my latest statement, but there's nothing wrong with having just one radio if that suits you need. Or to take a phrase from my favorite TV shows, and not that there's anything wrong with it, Jerry. Right? There's nothing wrong with just owning one radio. And there's plenty of people out there. But again, this is a hobby. There's no reason to only have one radio if you really want to enjoy the hobby. Let's compare this with other hobbies that are out there. Let's put this in a different perspective, and you'll see that wants versus needs just don't fall into this. So back when I was in high school and, and college days, I played a few musical instruments. Did I need a $1,000 keyboard to go to college when I wasn't even a music major? No, I didn't. But I wanted it. Because I was going to go off to college and I felt like I needed all 88 keys with me. But here's a story for you. I actually returned that keyboard when I realized just how much $1,000 cost me 20 years ago. And I survived without it. I didn't even need a keyboard that had 64 keys or even 20 keys. I, I didn't miss it. I didn't need it. But in my guitar playing days too, did I need a giant stack amplifier with a separate head did i need all those effects pedals or that fancy gibson paul reed smith ibanez or even a jackson guitar not at all 
on a high school budget, I realized that all I really needed was a modest amp, one cheap electric guitar, which to this day, I still kick myself in the tail for that one. I should have spent a couple of dollars more and gotten a real Fender Strat instead of a Fender Squire. I hate that little guitar. And I also, I just needed an acoustic guitar as well, right? So that's all I needed. I needed an electric guitar, a, a modest amp, and an acoustic guitar. And that's all it was required to make me happy. And the question remains though, really too, how many guitars could I have played at once? Well, pro level musicians on stage, yeah, will play more than one guitar, right? Because they want to show off and get all flashy. But in the real time, right? That's all I could use was one at a time. But the idea though, and the reason why we had multiple guitars is because of tone and the way the guitar sounded and how different songs required a different sound, even with amplifiers, right? A tube amplifier sounds different than a solid state amp. You don't get that muddy sound, right? There's all these different things that depending on the music you wanted to play or the song you wanted to play, you needed a different guitar. You didn't really need the guitar. Any guitar could have played it, but that sound was there, right? And this is a reason why people go out and they buy different guitars and they and they go through all that stuff, right? But think about it's a hobby again. And and hobbies cost money, right? Let's think about it. Other hobbies that are out there that we spend money on, if you're into hunting and fishing, help, Lord help you if you're into cars, which costs a lot more than radios and can really be a money pit. But many people are into woodworking and carpentry and painting and metalworking and other kinds, types of crafting. But a lot of the hobby comes from trying new things making adjustments and discovering what works best for you, what you can change about what you don't like. Hobbies are meant to be fun, creative ways to spend your time and even a little cash. The more you enjoy your hobby, the more you are able to grow with it. And the more you can grow with it, the more it can become an obsession or what I like to call the collector phase. And this is where you are now collecting old equipment or antiques that either you've always wanted but can never afford the time or something that has a little bit of, you know, like I said, antique, collective value or something that really has some sort of sentimental value to you even though it really doesn't. Like I know at this point I was looking at stuff that maybe my grandfather or great-grandfathers might have used on something else that I am in the middle of collecting right now. Because now, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm starting to backtrack and go back further and go back further, right? So maybe it becomes I want to collect scanner radios that I could never afford at the time. And again, this is where the secondary market can really be your friend. Sometimes the secondary market means that things are a lot cheaper than they used to be. And sometimes the secondary market means that things are a lot more money than you expected them to be. But the secondary market is a great place for you to get a new-to-you addition to your hobby. And this is where I have ended up spending quite a bit of money and really adding to my collection. And again, I call this a collection because now these are the radios that I pro probably will never turn on more than once or twice, will probably not use, and will probably just sit on a shelf, unfortunately. But these are the radios that I always thought were cool or were neat. 
or were out of my price range, right? Some that come to mind here are, say, the, uh, again, the 780 XLTs. I now have several of those. Do I need more than one? Absolutely not. But I've got a couple of them. Or even the BC-796D. Did I need one of those radios? Heck no. But I couldn't afford one back then. But it's relatively cheap now, so I grabbed one. That also includes picking up, again, my pair of ICOM ICR1s, my R5, the R20, even my AOR AR3000, I think is what the model number is. I could never afford that when it was new. But now that that radio is 20 years old, yeah, it's still a couple hundred bucks, but it's a lot more than a thousand bucks, right? And these are all really cool radios. And it's it's one of those deals that you just start adding to your collection. And again, like I said, I've picked up some Icon receivers, some old Uniden and Bearcat and Electric Electra receivers, even some realistic and Rio Shack Pro models that were way out of my budget at the time, such as the, the Pro 2006, to name one. I could never afford that back in the day. But now I've got I've got a little bit of a collection going on here. So one of the things you have to ask yourself is it time to upgrade your scanner is is it time to upgrade your collection? Is that part of the hobby now? Something that you want to upgrade. So I really hope that today's podcast episode has helped you to think about upgrading your radio from a little bit of a different perspective. Upgrading doesn't always mean buying the bells and whistles. It may mean just buying something to upgrade your love of the hobby. So before we close out today's podcast episode, I just want to say it's a couple of days before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everybody who's listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, which I hope you've had, leave me a comment down below. If you listen to this on YouTube or go to scannerschool.com slash session 209 and leave me a comment over there. Or you can just join us over on Discord. We have a, always have a conversation about the podcast episodes over there. Scannerschool.com slash Discord. But if you know of somebody that would benefit or be entertained by this podcast episode, please share the podcast with them because this is how we grow the podcast episode. Again, our goal is to teach as many people as possible about the scanner radio hobby. And I can't do that without your help. So please share this podcast episode, whether it be via email or on YouTube or I guess Facebook or even Twitter, right? Share that this episode is out there. And as a reminder, if you want to learn more about the scanner radio hobby, you can always see us over at Ham Radio University on January 8th. Again, go to hamradiouniversity.org to register to sit in the forum. So with that, I will say 73. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. 73, everyone.